Tim, the URNM ETF uh, that has been running here has had a huge year. Start us off with just the basics for those that don't follow uranium closely. What's been the main catalyst and driver of this? I think a lot of it is, is a bit of resetting of expectations for the whole industry. So if we take a big step back and you go back to 2007 and then really to uh, Fukushima in 2011, I mean, this is a market that was quite literally on the mat and getting kicked while it was down. So industry went from about 150 billion of market cap to 5 billion, 500 companies to 50. Uh, the price of physical uranium went from about 137 in 2007 to a low of about 18 in 2016. And uh, it, it took till about 2016 after Fukushima for the industry to begin to right itself. And I think what we're seeing now is uh, a new appreciation for nuclear energy, but also the fundamentals of uranium have improved dramatically as suppliers began to be more disciplined and, uh, and, and really cut back on supply. And so you know, beginning in really 2017, 2018, you had a situation where a supply deficit was forming and, uh, and the market hadn't begun to appreciate that until I think some of the ESG and climate concerns really began to hit the market and people began to realize that not only does uh, nuclear energy solve a significant component of um, you know, baseload carbon-free power, but, but also this is an industry with phenomenal fundamentals. And given the supply deficit that's formed, uh, which you know, could be in excess of 50 million pounds per year, and that's on uh, you know, about 180 million pounds of demand and about 135 million pounds of primary mine supply, you know, hmm. prices really need to still probably double, maybe you know, 50% from here, but oh. you know, from as recently as August before Sprott entered the market, um, prices were about $30. So you needed about a, a double in, in price of physical uranium in order to begin to incent new mines to be developed to fill that 50 million pound per year supply deficit. Okay, so the supply deficit, I'm gonna kind of compartmentalize that for a sec as we've had this macroeconomic situation where a lot of supply uh, dynamics have skewed very bullish for commodities, lack of supply. On the demand side, uh, firstly, just wanna go back, as you mentioned, Sprott, Sprott the physical uranium trust that uh, uh, last month was buying on the spot market. What's their role in the market as moving price? Sure. So, I mean, that, that was a huge game changer for the whole industry. You know, up until then, you know, the big catalyst that people have been expecting was utility contracting. And one of the things that was missing was a, a player at the front end of the curve. And Sprott introduced, uh, you know, kind of the biggest player that anyone could have imagined with this at the market facility where they're issuing new shares and taking that money and they're buying in the spot market pretty much on a daily basis. And they've bought almost 15 million pounds. Uh, since they launched in August. And again, to put that in context, you know, annual demand from nuclear reactors globally is 180 million pounds. So that's, you know, 10%, you know, approaching 10% of global annual supply, um, or excuse me, demand. Um, you know, and, and this is in a market that's already incredibly tight. So they clearly had a significant impact. Price uh, has moved from about $30 in, in mid-August to close to $47 today. And I think that's bringing a lot of other financial players to the market. And just yesterday, uh, we saw Kazataprom, which is the Kazakhstan state-owned uh, uranium miner, seed a new vehicle over in uh, Astana, Kazakhstan to, to begin buying physical uranium. Hmm. And then Uranium Royalty Corp, which is a Canadian-listed entity, 
um, they announced a further physical purchases. So the market is tightening itself and, and beginning to move prices up to hopefully incent that uh, the, those future mine developments to fill the supply deficit. So what then needs to happen on the demand side to keep this train going in price as it sounds like there are a lot of players trying to address this supply situation, uh, right? There's a, a need, obviously, for this. But I know also at one point this year, uranium got mixed up in all the speculative Wall Street bet stuff. It was like one of the number one discussed topics among uh, traders. So how do you distinguish froth from not froth? And with to that point, does there need to be any kind of like big energy policy action by the U.S. to justify all this excitement? So interestingly, uh, you know, the demand side has been equally as exciting recently. So you've seen uh, the Japanese come out. And so uh, if you go back to Fukushima, one of the reasons that the uranium market really fell out of bed was that the Japanese shut down all of their reactors. And that led several other global governments, you know, the Germans, um, many, even the French, began to question their own participation in, in, in nuclear energy. Um, the Japanese came out recently, their new prime minister, and said that they're actually going to have nuclear power be a central component of their uh, decarbonization plan, and that it will require 30 reactors. So right now they have 10, um, and, and they need to restart another 20. The French came out in favor of a significant ramp in their nuclear power fleet. Uh, the UK has now said that they're going to have uh, nuclear power be a central component of their decarbonization. And then even over the weekend, John Kerry, the climate envoy, tweeted out a new plan that the White House is beginning to distribute, which talks about nuclear power as a central component of decarbonization in the US. So hmm. all of a sudden, it seems like on any given day, there's a supply catalyst and there's a demand catalyst. And I think that's why these, these the market just continues to move up. And again, without prices getting towards the marginal cost of production, which is you know, 60, $65, there's still upside in this market. And I think that's why it continues to, to just keep moving up. Very interesting, all right. And, and stocks hit 52 week highs. Many of them hit you know, multi-year um, multi highs, decade highs, Cameco, uh, Next Gen Energy, um, you know, the ETFs you know, are all making uh, you know, significant breakouts here.